Recording. Recording in progress. You know, I, your name's Guillermo? Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get the memo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Dude Catholic Podcast. I'm your co-host Adrian here with three men who realize that two wrongs don't make a right, but three do. He is Javier. Uh, memo. D-nice. <laughs> D-nice. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. No pun intended. Today, we're going to be talking about more uncomfortable stuff with people that are smarter than me. So let's get going. So once upon a time, there was a really awesome video that I saw on the interwebs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was this priest, very fiery. His name is Father Altman. Yes. And he was ripping into the freaking perverts in the church that would abuse seminarians. He was calling out politicians who were not living out the faith, but calling themselves Catholic. He was just speaking truth left and right. And here's what happened. He's no longer saying mass. What the heck's up with that? And how can we still have people that are spewing out stuff that is not in the catechism of the Catholic church, that is not... It, it's it's not taught by the church, yet we have clerics from all over the place praising that kind of language. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I want to hear what Dennis has to say, especially given our last podcast saying that the bishop knows what's best for his diocese. Don't be salty, man. We're not going to do that. That's not the no, no. That's not the dude Catholic way. There, no, I just I just want to hear what he has to say. That's all. I it's it's a perfectly. You know, a good question. What is your, first of all, to mess with each other. I just want to say that I'm sitting across uh, Guillermo. And when I first met Guillermo, he had hair uh, past his shoulder. Uh, he looked like a hippie. Now he's completely bald. Uh, well, uh, he's, he's buzzed. I should say not bald because bald would be like, you know, he, he doesn't have hair. Like on what's his head. happening to me. Yeah. What's happening to me too. But, <laughs> but anyways, I just want to point that out. But I, but I, I want to throw it back to Dennis because Dennis, Said some things uh, that I were highly offensive. So, uh, <laughs> so anyways, Dennis, oh, D nice, speak to the mic, bro. Well, coming from the Archdiocese of New York, ge geographically speaking, you know, I, I just don't think that uh, Javier has a full understanding of, you know, the the roots of Catholicism in America. And I'm just, I'm just going off on a little tangent there. But anyway, the point of the matter is. I think that um, going back to the authority of the bishops, we have to have an understanding that um, even though there are dissenting bishops at the end of the day, um, it seems to me that the Holy Spirit will ultimately work for the greater good of the church and that God is only going to allow something as St. Thomas Aquinas teaches in order to bring 
um, something better out of it. So if something evil happens or something unjust, God is ultimately going to bring a greater good. Now, that doesn't mean that we have a right to sin or anything like that, as St. Paul teaches in the church teaches in the catechism that uh, we may never sin that good may come from it. But at the same time, there, there is going to be sin. And with that sin, God will actually, by his miraculous power, bring good from it. And so I think that God's allowing this as a purging uh, to those communities that may have been infected by the poison of schism. So I think that ultimately um, it's going to, it's going to make those who are faithful Catholics to the magisterium um, that attend Tridentine masses to be that much more faithful. And they'll, they'll attend as Javier used to attend, which I didn't know, by the way, kudos to Javier to drive out of his way to go to a Tridentine mass on Sunday. Uh, I think that would just create more strength, more endurance, more fortitude, uh, so build more virtue for those uh, uh, faithful Catholics. And, um, you know, I read online, you know, I've read online that there are Catholics who currently, you know, drive an hour and a half one way to go to a Trinitine Latin mass. Um, so on Sunday, so I think that that's still possible. I think that it will be done. And you know what, maybe it's an opportunity for people to start going to Eastern Catholic churches. Yep. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say that right now. I think that maybe, maybe, yeah, invitation know, but it's, it's totally okay for us to do that. Right. Correct. Yeah. So, um, though, you know, I would check, I would check with, you know, with your own canon law since we have two separate canon laws, basically the same thing, by the way, it's basically it's copy paste, uh, from the Latin canon law, but there are some distinct, uh, features or distinct uh, disciplines in there that pertain to our certain uh, church or certain rights, if you will. And so you may want to check to see if it's okay with, with your canon law, if you're able to consistently attend an Eastern church, you're always able to attend on occasion, but uh, to make it consistent, that's something you may want to check. Um, I know for the Eastern for churches for forgiveness and ask for permission. What? I'd rather ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. I heard you the first time. I know. I'm just reiterating. The, the, the thing that, that gets me is that that we need to be um, on the lookout for. And this is um, sure that the, you know, good comes out of evil, um, the, sure. you know, and, and the good, the holy, the righteous are persecuted. Pope, you know, I mean, uh, obviously, uh, Padre Pio and, uh, you know, Father John Vianney. St. John Vianney, um, all these great saints have been persecuted outside of the church and within the church. Oh, yeah. We know that to be true. Um, but when you have a, uh, can, you know, you see this consistently now, unfortunately, you've seen this more than once uh, in the American church. Uh, I'm sure it happens in other churches and other, other metropolitans and other uh, dioceses. And when you have priests being suspended yeah um who are leaning more towards the more conservative traditionalist uh traditional um spectrum of things is very concerning because when you have the other side for lack of better words the liberals right those who are descending okay um we like doing labels. doing the same thing obviously teaching against the church's teachings uh example of bishops in in, in germany Example, Father James Martin uh, promoting and advocating for gay marriage and full homosexuality uh, in the Catholic Church. 
we do not see any of this behavior. We do not see bishops. You know, granted, these are different bishops that are that are over these individuals, right? They're not the same bishop, right? So it's not like we have the same bishop that that got rid of this priest or suspended this priest. That's also the superior or uh, the metropolitan for uh, Father James Martin. But but at the same time, there's you see that these priests are not they're not being held accountable. They're being they're not, promoted. They're being promoted. Matter of fact, Father James Martin just got a, a an endorsement, quote unquote. All right, uh, for lack of better words, there by Pope Francis, who wrote him a lovely letter saying, "Keep doing what you're doing, right? Keep building the kingdom, right? Knowing perfectly, as a brother who is a Jesuit, a brother Jesuit, what Father James Martin stands for, who he is, right? Uh, ignorance is only so far." Right. And you say, oh, Pope Francis didn't know any better. He, oh, no, he didn't know any better. Are you kidding me? Are, are you kidding me? This man is very educated. He has a plethora of information that comes to him. He has all these advisors. He knows exactly what he's doing and when he does it. Well, he didn't, he, you know, he didn't know that he was going to cause this. One. Well, then why does he come out and correct it? So, again, to, to claim ignorance, to claim I didn't know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you're a kid, okay. If you're a baby, okay. But when you are at that level of not only your own accountability because of your own education and you know the church's teachings, but because you are in that position of the church, you better believe you got to be careful what you do and what you say. I want to push back. Um, so first of all, Father James Martin, um, he doesn't have anywhere on record or in print advocating for the church to change her definition of what marriage is. I've read his book. I've read his book, Building Bridges. He doesn't say so. He doesn't say so. The only thing I could think of, there's a tweet. There's a tweet that where he's, he, okay, this tweet gives it away. Cause, cause I did read his book. The main problem with his book is that he doesn't acknowledge that homosexual activity is a sin. He, 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 he doesn't think it's bad. He doesn't think it's moral. And he doesn't think that. Um, what more do you want? Uh, well, no. Well, I want I want a quote where he says, yes, gays should marry and the church will change this eventually. We don't have that. We don't have that. Let's just be honest and work with That's what true. we've got. We Let's just work Ridden, with what Ridden. we've got. I, I, yes, I guarantee yes, no. you there's talks where he says that but anyways, okay all righty okay well i'd, I'd I like to hear one I agree. i'd like to hear one because i haven't heard one but yeah, i read his I book they're, they're and i seen his tweets. uh if we Ooh, go really? on uh yeah yeah the uh religious education congress uh website they have an archive but, of talks he no, no. speaks there on a yearly basis but still i think in those he's still very careful about what he says and how he says it like he knows he's a smart man he knows when he's being well, recorded no he he i don't doubt that he supports gay marriage i think he's sitting there twiddling his thumbs hoping that this will happen eventually i do but i don't see him as influential now the thing about pope francis is his oh, endorsement is that influential like, well, let me finish let me finish let me finish let me finish no American magazine. Let me let me finish, bro. Editor? Let me finish. So Pope Francis, I don't think I don't I don't I, I again I don't know how clueless Pope Francis is. Um I, I I don't know. And once Pope Francis became Pope, he relinquished his his I don't know if relinquished his affiliation with the Jesuits is the right way to put it, but he he's not their superior. Like I thought 
the Pope becomes. No, he's not. But but he's not um, in charge of them anymore. He, he, he never was. He, no. But he was a Jesuit. Yeah, but he was never in charge. Of them. Yeah. But, he was okay, never the victor. Okay, but. I'm just, I'm just, I was a religious, so I'm telling no, you. No, I need, no, no, okay. Well, whatever facts you got that I don't, let, let me no, have no, I'm just saying, he, he, yeah, he was But was just the, the I know on my end, um, okay, he's the Pope for crying out loud. He has a million things on his plate. I would like to hear the dialogue that he had with Father James Martin in his private audience not too long ago. And I, I did, I want to say that I read, uh, the letter was disturbing. I will say the letter was um, disturbing. <laughs> I, I'll grant that. But, um, and uh, let me see if I can find the tweet. But in the meantime, that's my little spiel on, you know, let's, let's just be honest. We don't want to put words in anyone's mouth. Um, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But, yeah. but, but, uh, well, we got father, 10 minutes, father, just, uh, father, uh, James Martin is definitely influential. Uh, he is uh, editor in chief of American magazine. And you know, he's very intelligent because I remember when he oh, yeah. first became the editor in chief, he promoted Scott Hans. Um, uh, book on the mass. He put it on the cover of American magazine. And I remember this because I was going to Franciscan university during the time. And I remember Scott Hahn was like, he was like, Oh man, finally a Jesuit who likes me. And he, you know, obviously we're all laughing in the class and he shows us the magazine and he's like, you know, but he's very intelligent. He knew what he was doing. He was trying to, you know, more people the conservative uh, crowd to come and read this magazine, this America magazine, so they can think, oh, this Jesuit, Father James Martin, he's 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 legit, man. He's legit. He's the thing, you know. Like, let's buy these copies. He's a, he's a businessman. He knows he's what he's doing. Some beautiful things too. So, yeah. If you look outside of the uh, of the ministry with uh, with people with same sex attraction, he has written some very deep, insightful, beautiful things. And it's because of that that I'm like, dude, like, focus on that. Like, it, the, the thing is, like, the problem is that it's leaving people kind of in the dark as to what does the church actually teach? He focused so ah. much on outreach. And that's why, I mean, people can't really nip him on something that he's written in an actual book because of that. But in talks, you kind of you have to read between the lines in order to get to get to uh, to where we get to where the outreach is coming from. You know, where we where he's saying things that could be misconstrued as to like and not misconstrued could be read into, you know, like like he's OK with this. And not to take a personal attack, but at the end of the day, it's probably something he struggles with himself. <coughs> you know, I, I hate to say it, but I'm going to be the one that says it. He, he probably struggles with homosexuality, as a lot of Jesuits do. And I know this for a fact because I had a friend who was a Jesuit who lived in New York City. And he was there in the seminary and he would tell me stories of all these seminarians having these very inappropriate relationships among themselves and also with their superiors. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so, and, that's yeah. Not, and that's not a news flash right there. We, we've heard this over and over again from many sources. So, again, yeah, so I, I think with the, short time, with the short time we have left, I, I want to say that I agree with Javier's assessment and Guillermo's in different respects. One being that I agree with Javier's assessment that um, just the, even if Father James Martin has not uh, written down anything specifically endorsing gay quote unquote marriage, he does support the actions as not being sinful. That's completely contrary to our Catholic teaching, exactly. scripture, tradition, and magisterium. And we know that every, every sin against chastity is grave as uh you know as the great saints have told us right so 
basically we need to uh, be aware of that. And uh, on, on Guillermo's note, I think that, you know what? I mean, Pope Francis is literally the Pope of the entire world. I mean, the fact that we're just focusing on, by the way, America makes up um, three to 4% of the world's population. Uh, to think that Pope Francis is so focused on what's going on in, in, in American church politics. I mean, yes, it is one of the most important ones. Uh, but at the same time, he's focusing on the church in, in, in Asia. He's focusing on the church in Africa. He's focusing on the church in South America. There's so much that he has on his plate every single day. Does he know exactly what James Father James Martin stands for? I don't know. Maybe he just thinks that he's literally just reaching out to homosexuality or homosexuals. Um, who are trying to live the Catholic faith. Maybe he doesn't know that he's in favor of uh, uh, sodomy, right? Or any other homosexual acts. That would be problematic. So I can't say definitively that he knows that. I can't. And so I agree with Guillermo on that note. But at the same time, I agree that before Pope Francis does endorse somebody that he should do thorough research, I would think that's an appropriate thing to do. Um, so those are the final words I have to say. Beautiful. Yeah, I think we should. Just, we need to pray for our priests, our good priests, uphold them, support them. Um, pray for priests that are being persecuted, um, such as uh, the priests in Wisconsin and other priests uh, throughout the world who are have been faithful to the church's teachings and continue to be faithful to the church's teachings. But also in missionary areas where, like in Africa, where priests are being murdered. Yes. Um, Nuns are being murdered. Catholics, laymen uh, and women are being murdered for uh, spreading the faith, uh, upholding the faith. We need to pray for those people. Um, and, and also pray for the, 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 the sorrow apples. You know, these, these priests who are promoting other doctrines, bishops promoting different doctrines that are directly in, in contrary to the church's teachings. Pray for them, for their conversion. But at the same time, not not to act or pretend like any everything's going to be okay everything's going to be fine this mat this mentality of being passive has never in the history of mankind has ever been helpful to anyone um it, it sure not, nobody's talking about raising up and you know, grabbing weapons, but <laughs> oh, I was <laughs> gonna say I'm banana. It's, right. This is militant, but there is a way of the Cristiana. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, exactly. Uh, but but the militancy I'm talking about is a spiritual militancy, mm. but also, you know, one of word and action, and and not this 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 just kind of pacifist and just kind of pacifist attitude, and everything is gonna be fine. Um, sure, you know. All will work out for the greater good, and and God we know will, and at the end He will win His battle against Lucifer. But in the meantime, we need to do our part, and uh, whatever that may mean for for you Catholics out there, wherever you are, uh, you you defend the church, you defend the church's teachings faith. and and the faith and the and, and those Orthodox priests and nuns and lay people that so so much need our support yeah and, and just basically know that uh, this is a podcast for men and so guys we need men to actually speak up and say something about stupidity when it happens even if it is coming from the highest places because some things you need a phd to really entertain um yeah some things are so dumb that only someone with a phd could entertain those ideas we'll talk about the pregnant man emoji some other time but <laughs>
Um, but oh, yeah, bishops are not in an ivory tower. You know, like they are reachable. They have a phone number. They have an email. Send them an email. Call them. Write them. They are. They need to know you're not okay with this because passivity is only going to lead to other to the other side, if you may, taking over in a way that's going to affect you. It's going to affect the way you worship. It's going to affect your family. It's going to affect the truth. On that note, I would, speaking of being active, I do want to take the time, if I may, to promote my uh, website called Le Novel de Sprit, which I co-founded with a Franciscan graduate friend of mine, uh, Jeremy Hausauter, in which uh, we address uh, issues of modern times through a Catholic personalist perspective. And I want to say, namely, we defend the Second Vatican Council. Can you say that again and can you spell it? Please? Yes, Le Novel Esprit. It's French for the new spirit. Uh, L-E-N-O-U-V-E-L-E-S-P-R-I-T. Also, com? Yes, dot com. com. Also, check the, uh, check the podcast uh, notes for the link and all the social media links to that. Um, yeah, so pray for us and pray we pray for, for you. Ferrum ferro acquitur. I didn't get the memo.